Welcome to Subscriptions Scaled, sponsored by Rebar Technology. Join us each week to hear from industry leaders in the subscription space, share their best tips and stories, and learn how you can up-level your subscription business today. Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Subscriptions Scaled. I'm your host, Nick Frederick. With me today is a special guest. We have Austin Romanski, who is the managing partner with Crema. Austin, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks a lot. Glad to be here. Absolutely. Well, I'm always excited to talk about coffee. Can never get enough of it. So uh, I'm interested to learn more about your business. So why don't we start there? Tell us about Crema and, uh, and what you guys do. Yeah, so Crema.co is a coffee subscription website. We focus on specialty coffee roasted here in the U.S. We partnered with about 50 roasters from all over the country and um, they're the best at what they do. And so uh, the main goal in, in short, especially now in the time we live in, is to help people uh, enjoy the best coffee in the world at home in their underwear in the best possible <laughs> way they can. <laughs> A lot of people doing that these days, aren't they? Yep. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's quite a supply chain there. Um, 50 different roasters around the country. Uh, how did you make that happen, that network? Yeah, so it's been a long, long road of kind of slowly building good relationships. The the good and, and bad thing with specialty coffee and roasters is they're very particular, which is what we want, but it does make it harder. You can't just partner with a hundred different, you know, vendors overnight. You really got to make sure that your your goals align and, and everything makes sense to work together. So that's presented a bit of a challenge, but the beautiful thing is. Um, once you have a good fit and you are partners, that relationship lasts a long time and and everyone's so willing to work together through each other's mistakes and issues. And that's been uh, an amazing privilege to be able to partner with them. Yeah, absolutely. I take it. I played around in your website a little bit. It seems like it's quite a journey to take a customer through well, what type of coffee you're looking for and you know, kind of narrowing it down into their their flavor palette. And, and I'm sure that is how you ended up with 50 different suppliers to deal with that. But take us through that a little bit, you know, how you decided to start the business and then develop the website, which seems to take the user on a very personalized journey. Yeah. So the, the site originally was created by a developer named Tyler, and he had a love, deep love for good quality coffee. And he was an incredible developer. And so he put those two passions together and made something that he really cared about. And that was crema.co. And so the original idea was very finite. It was single origin coffees, which basically means coffees from a single origin. A lot of coffee you buy is a blend, but focusing on coffees, maybe directly from a single farm or single producer for people that really actually want to taste coffee, you know, just get the real flavors of it. And so coffee kind of purists and coffee nerds, if you want to say. So that's what it was. It was just one bag of at a time. It had a very specific purpose with very limited options and it did well. In the past couple of years, we've kind of morphed that to focus more on people that, especially, you know, during the pandemic, maybe our Folgers drinkers or maybe our Maxwell house drinkers, or at the most they go to Starbucks on occasion, that's a, a good cup of coffee for them, but they really want to 
you know, change their coffee habits or they want to try better or more kind of, I guess, higher end coffees. So we made a shift to kind of capture those people. So that's when we introduced the quiz so that no one feels like a dumb dumb or no one feels like they're out of place. Like they feel comfortable coming to us and, you know, learning about coffee as they kind of go on this journey. And so we've seen a lot of people enjoying that process as well as we've shifted there. Yeah. So the, the sounds like the website existed before the subscription business did. Is that kind of the evolution there? It started as subscription, but it was just it really, okay. really limited. Yeah. And the offerings It was a very, very specific niche thing. And then we've kind of, like I said, over the past year or so, tried to broaden the horizons a bit with our, our customer base. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So talk about kind of, you know, sounds like there's a lot of, or could be quite a bit of complexity here when you have 50 different suppliers, lots of different coffee, lots of different cost models, but you're trying to offer subscriptions and probably the most, the simplest way you can to end consumers. So how do you balance those two things? Yeah. How do you balance that? That's a good question. <laughs> uh, I may not have the answer for it. Yeah. It's, it's been a tough thing. So we want in our area, in our, you know, realm, there's a, a few competitors and a lot of them really pigeonhole the customer into the subscription. Like that's just what you okay. do. You know, that's all you have is that ability. With itself with specialty coffee, there's so many people that know what they want and they don't want to just be told this is what you should drink. And so it's been kind of a challenge to figure out the line there because we want our subscriptions a bit different that we give a lot of control. Like we say, you can have every control of every aspect. You can see all the coffees that are coming up in your, we call it the playlist, but basically like it shows each coffee coming up and you can change it or you can delete it or add new ones. And then we also have something unique on our site is every coffee has not only a buy now button, but a send to friend button. So users can quickly send a bag to a friend, just type in their address or just buy a coffee one off. And so we're finding, we, I totally see the benefit of the subscription because I know the mentality is if I just know in my mind, I'm paying 20 bucks a month, I don't have to think about it. I know that's what a vast majority of customers want. But I think we, because we want to offer a lot more control, we lose a couple, quite a few of those customers. So we're just in this place where like, I, we really want to keep that because we want to make sure people still have that control because a lot of our customers love it, but we also want to yeah. be easy and kind of set it and forget it for new customers too. So it's a, it, sure. it is a, a tough balance to make for sure. Yeah. It seems like the kind of consumer you're targeting though, isn't the one who necessarily wants to go and have, you know, a bag of Duncan show up every two weeks to a month, you know, who want that consistency. You're targeting more of a, it, you know, somebody who loves coffee and really likes to explore different things. So I, I would say probably a more engaged customer, would you say? For sure. Absolutely. And we have like on our site, we have ratings. So after you get a coffee, try it, you rate it. Our algorithm learns what you like, what you don't like. And okay. so we do want a more engaged person because the, the best experience we can offer is someone who's going to actually go in you know, rate the coffee and then try the things that we want to present them with options that help them not only enjoy the best coffee every time, but also help them learn about it as they go. So they can learn why they maybe didn't like this or why they might like something else. Gotcha. 
So let's talk a bit about how you're targeting that sort of consumer. Again, pretty pretty specialty. Um, and there's a lot of a lot of people that uh, that love coffee, like to try like to try new things. How do you reach that consumer? What channels have you see be effective? Yeah. So we recently last year went off of social media as a company, which was okay. What I know is the primary means to reach human beings <laughs> on this planet right now. So a lot of right. people don't don't get that move. But kind of you touched on it a bit yourself when you said that you know this is a very specialty product. We figured that the people using it and enjoying it, our current customer base, they're going to be a good gauge from that. So we thought, well, let's try to learn from them as much as we possibly can. So when we went off social media. It was kind of like the, the only analogy I could think of is like if you it's like when you have a big gathering and you have a whole bunch of people over to your house, maybe a hundred and you do all this planning and it takes a long time. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of stuff. And it's fun. Like it's a really fun evening. But then when everyone goes home and you're left with this giant mess, maybe you had a couple of conversations. You probably didn't have any really deep conversations with anyone. It was just kind of a surface level fun evening but you compare that to having a couple over or having a friend over where you get to have a meaningful discussion it's a much smaller event but you get to actually get somewhere like intimate or close with that person so we thought of that with our marketing like with social media it's definitely the big blast it can be expensive but you reach a lot of people right. but we're like let's maybe do a little more targeting we already have a good customer base of kind of loyal customers let's spend the money and the time on them. So by doing that shift, I spend a lot, if not a majority of my time talking to customers. So I try to conduct interviews with them. We host a, a meeting every week where customers are allowed to jump on our Zoom room and just talk to us if they have like a question about brewing coffee. Um, most of my team tries to be on it every week so that we can just kind of talk to them and hear about their coffee story and, you know, they feel heard. And so we've seen quite a bit of success in that and that people are telling more and more friends about it. People are sharing it with their friends and like that's growing kind of that way. Yeah. Um, that's been really beneficial. It went focusing on our existing users a little bit more than, you know, outside marketing. How are you or are you incentivizing existing customers to to spread the wealth, to, to spread the message and, excuse me, refer other customers? Yeah, so we started trying to do it by means of like, so every week we have giveaways and like free coffee and win free coffee for a month, stuff like that. And at first we yeah. were trying to connect that with giving or like if you sign up someone, you get, you know, this, 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 or we're giving away free coffee. If you go to the gifting page and you use the gifting page, then you sign up, then you're basically enrolling in this op opportunity to win. And a lot of the users, because we're so close to them and we talk pretty openly with them, we're pretty much like, honestly, like I just, anytime I see that I have to like nag a friend to give something away, I just don't want to do it. <laughs> like they just, everyone is turned off by it. And so right. we started that way, and but it turned out that didn't work so well. So it, it seems that it's been a little more, it has to be a lot more organic. So just by yeah. having the great experience, people will naturally tell about it. It's, but when you right. tell them to tell about it, then it's like, well, this is weird and awkward and I'm not going to tell about it. So we're, yeah. it's, it's really finicky, you know, trying to 
and again, because we're so, we feel so close and kind of bonded to them like friends, it's, it's, we're trying to keep it, you know, very casual as much as possible. One thing we did see, and this may just speak to the type of, you know, customers we have because specialty coffee is all about sustainability and, you know, treating the, the producers at origin fairly and properly the the customers we have might just tend to be this way but whenever we try to personally just set the example for like being generous or giving like if we tie things to giving to charity which we've done quite a few times that's been super mm-hmm. successful and people will oh, talk okay. about it and share that right yeah. now we're working on um, a lot of people have power outages myself included and we have, don't have water right now we're in uh, Oklahoma and we're just the snow is, you know, messing up a lot of people. So we try, so we're saying instead of just like, hey, tell a friend, we're we're putting out a newsletter that's like, hey, if you know anyone that's out of power or water and you want to brighten their day with coffee, send a friend and then we'll give you, you know, $5 as a thank you type of thing. And so okay. stuff like that, much more like genuine, I guess, like individualized things like that have proven to be much more successful. Yeah. Certainly the, the, you know, consumers appreciate any time that you think of them in a very targeted kind of way, you know, not the mm. mass, to your point that, you know, the mass, mass marketing means. And I was actually, you know, talking with somebody the other day about once one big thing subscription companies have over, you know, the big guys, the Amazons and, and things like that, where there are alternatives are you get curated experiences. Mm-hmm. Right. You, you're dealing with an organization that specializes in one thing, not trying to be jack of all trades. And so, you know, they come to appreciate that, hey, this is a forum. This is a community I can come to and talk about coffee or, you, you know, hey, if you tried this, it was really good. I didn't think I'd like it. Those, those kind of things. So how, how are you trying to, you know, foster that community and and kind of build out your base and continue to, to grow it? Yeah, that that's exactly right. I like, like that you said it that way. It's so true. It starts to feel very much like a community for sure. The yeah. the the biggest shift we made when we went off social media was focusing on our newsletter. So we have a weekly okay. newsletter. That's a big thing that we we definitely spend a lot of time making it actually not only personal but um, valuable. We before we put it out to the to the customer base every week, we say, "Is this going to be valuable? Like, if I got this." Would I open it and read it and be like, oh, this was actually cool or this was actually enjoyable or or I actually learned something that has been huge. And we've seen our, you know, open rates and responding rates go way up since we kind of made that Mm -hmm. shift from a, we were definitely doing a more typical marketing. It felt like a campaign and it didn't feel like we were reaching out to friends. Like we try to write it now so differently, you know, even now when I'm using the builder and I see the word campaign. I just feel kind of weird and gross. I know that's just the term. <laughs> no, I hear you. I but do. I'm like, I, I'm, I feel like I'm just writing to my grandma. Like if I was I'm not sending a campaign to her, like, so I mean, right. but that has been a really big way. Like a lot of people will respond. And we've, one thing I'm just like, one of my most proud moments is like, we get constantly an email back. I'll send out the campaign Sunday morning and people will say, hey, I just want to say I never open newsletters. I hate them, but I love you guys. Or like another com- comment was like, your guys' newsletters like gotten me through this year or stuff like that. And so mm-hmm. to have that like connection has been so cool and super, I don't know, humbling to be able to, to, to give someone a joy. I mean, outside of the product, we're actually, you know, selling 
that piece for them to actually enjoy it too has been really good. So that the newsletter has been one big piece for sure. Gotcha. That's, that's interesting. And that's, you know, that's kind of what I was alluding to there, you know, building that community, sharing information, a very specialized experience that you just wouldn't get anywhere else that doesn't focus on coffee. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And ours, we try to like, our newsletter is filled with spelling errors. Like that's one thing, <laughs> like we have people that could easily check it. And like, especially I, when I do them personally, I usually write at least a part of every one, but sometimes I see the error and I'm like, no, nah, I'm leaving it in. And like people have commented, like, I love that, that you got, it doesn't feel really? corporate-y. Like it doesn't feel like, you know, and then that's getting them opening it. Like they enjoy opening it. So, Hey, that's the main goal, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So you touched on it there a little bit, you know, people having something like this to look forward to over the past year. So how has, you know, COVID and the pandemic people looking for online digital ex experiences that are safer than, of course, going to a coffee shop? How have you seen that impact your business? Yeah, it's been really great. It's obviously a terrible thing to, to benefit from, but we feel really good that we're able to people can have that kind of cafe experience at home. And that's kind of really helped a lot of people. What I will say, so we, me and my partner, we come from office coffee. That's kind of our main background and, okay. and passion is um, specialty coffee in offices. And so when we kind of took hold of crema.co, we thought let's build something amazing for the offices. So we like spent a lot of time, a ton of, you know, investment and building out this thing to where like, when you're in your office, you can actually go into crema.co and you can request what you want to try in the office. And then the company creates an account on crema.co and it gives you the power as the employee to kind of choose what coffees you want. Anyways, we built this all out. We finally launched it. And then that's when COVID hit and like every office in the world closed <laughs> like the next week. And it was just like a huge... <laughs> huge blow but so since then we've shifted back to the home side to make obviously that's where people are but it's definitely as far as that respects go it's it's boosted a lot of people have come that probably never normally would have like you said they're mm -hmm. they're probably cafe cafe drinkers and so that's been nice to get to know these people and be there for them during this craziness shifting gears a little bit so the technology, the platform, the website itself is, you know, foundational to the product itself that you're you're selling. That the coffee. How have you guys gone through growth in terms of technology selection, partner selection? How do you make those decisions so that, you know, you're focusing on the core of what you're trying to sell and not, you know, things that are more commoditized or. You know, what, what, what's that inflection point to go, oh, no, this is this is core to what we do, you know, probably the website itself. Um, but where do you draw that line and how do you select partners? Yeah, our site was completely custom built. So it makes mm -hmm. every single thing way harder and more expensive. <laughs> like, you know, like if you have a Shopify site, there's like a thousand things. You just click a button, pay five bucks right. a month, and then you can use it. But for us, it's like every phone call I have with a potential like integration or something, they ask that and then I tell them and they're always an awkward pause and like, okay, well, I think we can help you out. Maybe if we do this and it's always more complicated so that's one thing that it's beautiful to have complete control and we can offer things that no one else does like ability with the way we have the playlist and stuff is very custom built mm -hmm. which is beautiful sure. 
it does kind of make things a little bit harder to implement quickly. But I will say most of the integrations tech we have has been based around, again, customer interaction. And so we use intercom for all of our customer interaction stuff. And that's gone incredibly well. People feeling comfortable asking questions right there on the page, no matter where they're at has been amazing. We do all our financials through Stripe, which has been pretty good. Um, they have really incredible customer service I found. So that's been good. Uh, and a couple, maybe a handful of others, but for the most part, everything's custom built, which again, has its, yeah. its goods and bads, of course. Yeah. Yeah. You can get up quickly, but you're kind of within a walled garden, right? There's, there's yeah. only so much customization you can actually do in, in that environment. Mm-hmm. Totally. Have you run into any situations with being able to scale uh, because of technology limitations, whether your own or, or that of a provider, or has it been pretty stable for you? Yeah, we haven't had too much. We've, I would say there's only been a handful of instances where with shipping stuff that we use easy post and it goes mm -hmm. pretty, pretty smoothly, but there have been some things on our end. So like our third party stuff is all custom built. So the interactions with the roasters themselves and um, they roast the coffee and they produce the shipping label and all that. There have been some things where as orders are getting bigger and bigger, like roasters processing large amounts of orders in a day, whereas in the past, maybe they did a handful of them. Um, yeah. th we've seen a couple times our, our site is on Heroku and we've seen a few times where we had, we hadn't built properly and a couple, like mm -hmm. we had some freezes and some bugs there. So with our own personalized, personalized stuff, there has been a couple of times when we grew a little too fast and weren't quite prepared for it, but they were thankfully quick fixes and everything's smooth now. But as far as integrations and partners are either, we haven't had anything like that yet. No. So you, you kind of hit on one there, but with the subscription model, of, of course, right. The, the beauty is predictable recurring revenue. And, you know, in your case of having a, a physical good, being able to predict, you know, supply and demand in a better way. But it sounds like because you can do some customizations and kind of change out what you called it, the playlist, what's up next. Are, are you finding that creates some challenges with being able to kind of forewarn a roaster that, Hey, there's a hundred orders coming up tomorrow or, you know, a thousand next week or, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have any of most of the benefits of the subscription because of that. Like exactly mm -hmm. that predictability is tough and we add new roasters and because we give, we don't do any, we are very, very careful to not, you know, put a roaster over another roaster. So like down to the, the roaster page itself, when you refresh the page, the order of the roasters that we show changes every time. Cause we don't want to, mm -hmm have anything that's like, well, this roaster is getting more attention than the yeah. other one. And so it's kind of completely up to the customers. And as new ones come on, they may favor one roaster. Maybe some users come on and only because they know a roaster, they just want that roaster and they like our interface. And so that's all they do. Um, yeah. It kind of depends. So it's, it is tough for predictability because it is kind of up to the, to the customers. They have so much control. We don't, we don't do a whole lot of kind of predestined stuff for them. We just give it to them to, to run with. Yeah. Are any of them using you as their full-blown e-com on the web solution or, or do they have potentially something over on, on their own as well? Most roasters have subscriptions. A handful don't. 
and they only use what we have and they get enough through that. But I, we try to diversify as far as being on other subscription platforms. There's a handful out there. So we, we may share a roaster, a few roasters with other subscription platforms, but we try to have a unique offering that, you know, the other guys don't already have. So that keeps us yeah. fresh. But yeah, most of most coffee roasters these days, when especially when the pandemic pandemic hit, they they suffered so bad, like they got hit so hard, like so many industries. Um, but with cafes, it was just like that's their bread and butter. So a lot of them quickly pivoted to having their own subscriptions, doing a much more wholesale mm-hmm. approach, and just so they can keep things going, you know. Right. Right. I can see that would be a rather. Well, you know, a necessary transition, kind of the really the only option for a lot of them, right? Oh, yeah. So let's talk for just a second about churn and trying to hold on to customers that you've got both, you know, whether it's, you know, a, a voluntary reason or an involuntary one. What what kind of strategies are you guys putting around, you know, what when it comes to a customer wanting to cancel, of course, in a voluntary way, that's one thing, but maybe involuntary on the back end as well due to, you know, payment to clients and that sort of thing. Of course, we all know it costs a heck of a lot more to obtain a new customer than it does to keep them. So uh, what are you guys mm-hmm. doing to keep on to the ones that you have? Yeah, so the, the regular interaction seems to be really helping quite a bit through the mm-hmm. newsletter and other means. The, I would say we try to be, I've noticed this being a good thing, but like, just as an example, we try to be very upfront about easily stopping and, and pausing and canceling. Like okay. we don't try to hide that. And we mm-hmm. found that customers will, it seems appreciate that. Like I know when a customer goes to try to cancel or pause or something, and it's really hard. They get like, I've been there myself. It's so frustrating. I just, I hate the brand. I lose trust for it immediately when I just feel like I'm trapped into something. So yeah. like I, one example of it, just on our newsletter, like at the bottom, we don't have any information at the bottom. It's just big, bold red letters that say, don't you hate it when companies try to hide the unsubscribe button? And then it's like a massive, <laughs> massive unsubscribe button. And I mm. figure if someone's going down there to unsubscribe, they're going to do it anyway. So like maybe that's like yeah. a last ditch effort to like keep them because like, oh, these guys are funny or like at least I feel like I'm being heard. And so yeah. we found that that has actually dropped unsubscribes, which is amazing. So that I guess the outreach, the... um being upfront and trying to be genuine and honest has, has helped quite a bit with the churn, but it is tough. Cause a lot of, again, ours isn't like a locked in thing. Like a lot of subscriptions are or like, it's not an annual thing. It's like, we see people, sometimes people order one coffee and then they, they pause for three months and then they order another coffee. And so technically that's like a churned user in theory, but they are still on the site. So it's just, that one's been kind of hard for us because we offer so much control to track. Yeah. So is, is it always a, a kind of the positive option from the end consumer to continue and get the next one? Or can they set it up to where it's, okay, just send me this coffee or, or whatever ones are on my playlist on an automatic fashion over the next you know months or however, whatever the delivery preference is? Yeah, there's not a, a huge delineation as far as benefits go, like in the way our site is built. Like every coffee okay. is free shipping for everyone that comes on the site individually. There is some kind of discounts and stuff based on quantity, like per if you buy multiple bags at a time. Okay. But 
when it comes to, you know, subscribing or not subscribing, we try to keep that, like, this is your choice. Like, we don't want to sucker you into like this regular subscription if you don't want it. Like, and so we just really want to actually capture genuinely interested subscribers because that's the, the journey, that's the experience they want. And we find that because we're doing that, we we get way less churn because, you know, they're that's why they're doing that. They're not doing it for some other benefit. They're doing it because they want that experience. And so yeah. that's how we're set up currently. Okay, interesting. Yeah, so I, I, I've been personally doing subscriptions for almost 20 years and actually go back far enough to the days of when subscription was really set it and forget it. You were kind, mm-hmm. of, kind of trying to enroll the customer and, you know, trying to hold on them as long as you can. But uh, mostly it was not engagement, right? And yeah. uh, one of the very positive trends that I've seen in the past five years is that completely turning on its head and being all about engagement you know, continuously interacting with the customer, demonstrating value every step of the way, reminding them of the product, not trying to bury that subscribe button way down on the page or make Mm -hmm. them click five times, you know, to get to it. You know, those are the kind of of tactics that, to your point, just cause customers to lose trust. They drive chargebacks because, you know, customers are angry and frustrated and it's way too easy to call their bank these days and, you know, dispute a charge. So, you know, the, these things that you're doing are just all point to trying to build this relationship with your customer and bring them into your community, make them be a part of it, communicate with them. It sounds like it's a really, it's a really positive experience for, for your customers. Thank you. Yeah, that's what you said is exactly what we what we would like. The same exact thing. Like we have a few customer or few competitors who are backed by really large kind of like billionaire mentality. And we just don't like, I, just to be honest, like I was a little bit nervous for this podcast because I'm really not like a businessman, I guess I'm at heart. I'm a designer and I really love people. And so I was like, he's just going to say acronyms. I'm not going to know what they're going to mean. And I'm going to feel like an (laughs) idiot, but like, I love that. It's just, it's about people. Like your customers are people and like, yeah be good to people. I don't know. Like that's the best way we're, we're trying to make money. So this company can, survive and like take care of the people that work here that we care a lot about but otherwise just try to give people good experiences that they'll actually enjoy yeah absolutely i mean you know you can go out and do some very broadcast advertising and marketing tactics to throw a whole bunch of people in the top of your subscription funnel yeah but they're going to come out the bottom really fast you know you're, you're going to get them in maybe on an introductory offer you know a free trial or a premium that you're offering to sign up today you know but they're going to come out the bottom really fast and you know that that for some business models that makes sense and for some products that makes sense but you know if you're looking for lasting relationships then being upfront and honest and giving them an easy out you know if that's if, if they need to a pause feature that's fantastic. I've, I've heard from a number of merchants that that's been a very effective approach through COVID to reduce mm-hmm. churn, you know, just give them the opportunity to be like, okay, I just need to, I don't want to go away, but I just need a break from this. Um, mm-hmm. So from my perspective, you guys are absolutely on the right track of trying to create that lifetime customer value. So good on you. Good. Good to know. Yeah. Thank you. We feel, I, I don't know how much it's worth, but we feel really good about how we're how we run it and and our interactions with customers and and so that alone is like hey we all feel good we enjoy working here we enjoy doing what we're doing so that i mean that's got to be worth something so yeah that feels good well good well um 
Awesome. Thanks so much for the time today. Really appreciate the conversation. If our listeners want to get in contact with you or, or go to the website and check it out, where do they go? Yeah. So if you just go to crema.co, C-R-E-M-A dot C-O, you'll see what we're all about. The best way probably to get started if you're, whether you're a coffee nerd like me or just getting interested into coffee or want to up your coffee game, we have a quiz. So you just click the get started button anywhere and you'll go through a fun little quiz. You'll learn about coffee and then we'll show you what coffees we think you're going to enjoy. And then you kind of take it from there and enjoy the the ride. Nice. Well, I myself will definitely be checking it out. Cool. Sounds pretty cool. I'm always interested in, you know, I've got the few, I'm an espresso drinker and I've got the few that I really like, but I, I do love when I, you know, travel and go to a new city, you know, trying to check out the different roasters in town, just love, love the different flavors. So, I'll cool. be checking it out myself. Yeah, then you'll love it for sure. Cool. Well, thanks again, Austin. Uh, appreciate the time. And we'll talk soon. Cool. Thanks, Nick. Have a good one. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Subscription Scaled, sponsored by Rebar Technology. If something we said today resonated with you, please subscribe, rate, and download our podcast and share this episode with your network. 